SMQB's episode 79. Long time no see, fellas. How's everyone doing? Yo, yo, yo. Doing good. We all just uh, did our fantasy draft together in uh, Nash, been, Vegas, and are recovering. It's It's been a slow day. <laughs> <laughs> slow day. You know, the good news is the fantasy index cheat sheet came out today, so I'll be excited to see how my picks compared to who they're saying now. Right. Oh, nice. I couldn't even bear I couldn't even bear to look at it. It was so bad. So let's talk number 79. This player, you're this is gonna blow your mind. Milk, you're gonna hate this one, by the way. Oh, another 70s. Did he this, start in the 1970s? Yeah, this player was drafted in the 27th round in 1953. I'm talking 27th round. I mean, can you imagine that today? He started at left tackle as a rookie and never gave up his job until he retired in 1965. How are we going to know who this is? He went into the Hall of Fame in 1975. Oh, God. You born yet? And was a a six-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler for the greatest team in football. Oh, are we talking about the – are you going to go with a a Giants fanboy thing? He's – He's one of three people in the Hall of Fame with number 79. And one of them adopted the number like the last year of his career. So the choice was if we cheated, I guess we would. He shares a he shares the same name as his first name as one of our presidents. Actually, as two of our presidents. Oh, that helps. Great. So. (laughs) So is it Abraham or Lincoln? There are two presidents who have a last name that matches this guy's first name. Come on, dudes. Is it uh, Roosevelt? There we go. There we go. Roosevelt. Rosie Greer. No. (laughs) Rosie Brown. Left tackle. Never heard of that. New York football giants. Not a fucking claim. 1975. I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed in you guys. It's a very good good. time to let our listeners know that Chris Nace is unavailable today. (laughs) Blame it on Rooster. Rooster was filling in. Nace would have gotten that one. (laughs) Oh, please come back, Chris. Nace, we need you, buddy. We miss you. (laughs) Hey, before we get started. We have to do a shout out to our maybe youngest and best listener, Danny Darcy. Oh, God. 12 <laughs> years old from St. Catharines in Spring Lake, New Jersey. <laughs> Apparently is a kick-ass wrestler, but definitely is a kick-ass fantasy football league drafter. Fortunately for his dad, Andy who drafts people who retired and stuff like that. So <laughs> Danny, thanks for, su- we, thanks we for lo- supporting us. Young Michael. Yeah. Shelby. Yeah. Keep yes. it up. Keep it up. Are, you and your big, friends spread the word, spread we the word. Big in the Catholic big in sixth grade school system in New Jersey. Yes. Yeah. The sixth graders dig us. Yes. Why wouldn't they? God, <laughs> they're going to love this college football preview today. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, maybe we should start with the worst conferences first. Pope, tell tell us what's happening with the SEC this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, aside from all of the potential conference realignments and the end of college football as we know it, uh, 
at least this year, I think will be a fairly normal year, which means that either Alabama or Georgia will win the national championship. (laughs) (laughs) Can anyone argue with that? Okay. Next conference. As, as you can recall from last year, our discussion about college football was, uh, should I care? I think Bison, you know, said, do we even really care about college football or should we? Um, and I think, you know, the SEC, once again, is the, the powerhouse conference. That's where the main action is going to be. Uh, Alabama is loaded. Um, last year, they got that close to the national championship and lost. Finally, Kirby Smart uh, knocked off Nick. Um, but that was not even a team that was expected to win the championship. And so this year, uh, Saban has one of his classic. He's expecting to uh walk through the season undefeated. There are a couple hiccups potentially along the way. Uh, I can talk about those more in our biggest games. Uh, you know, the biggest competitor, at least in the SEC West, is going to be Texas A&M and Jumbo Fisher over uh, down at College Station, who has, uh, according to him, you know, bought the best team uh, available. And uh, it looks to build on his big win last year down at College Station and knocking Nick off the first time he loses to one of his assistants. Um, circle October the 8th, uh, in Tuscaloosa, cause that game will probably dictate who wins the sec West and, uh, potentially will have major impact in national, uh, who wins national championship. Um, the West is not as strong as it has been, you know, there are about four or five teams in the last four or five years that, uh, all had a chance to win, uh, if Alabama stepped, missed a step and, uh, LSU has definitely dropped off. I mean, I have them third behind AM. Uh, Brian Kelly, you know, let's see what he can do. Um, he's got a couple good receivers, quarterbacks, a question mark. Oh, did, um, did I mention the 32nd part? Sorry, I didn't. Oh, sorry about that. Let's go SEC West then. Uh, give me <laughs> Ole Miss, Auburn. They suck. Auburn always sucks. Fuck Auburn. Uh, and then, um, Arkansas, oh, Mississippi State bringing up the trail. Cover your ears, Danny. That's right. And then SEC East is Georgia and nobody else. Uh, Apologies to Milk, although I think Florida will actually be a better team this year than last. And, you know, I got Tennessee uh, coming in behind Florida, but, you know, Georgia, Florida. okay, that'll be potentially the battle for the SEC East championship. Uh, And nobody thinks maybe except for one guy on this pod that Florida has any kind of chance. Uh, against Georgia. Um, and then, you know, the SEC East is just weak. Who gives a shit where Kentucky, South Carolina, Mizzou, Vandy all finish? Because- well, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I know you've got a massive Bama bias. Uh, we get that. You think? But if you if you could be objective for one second and look beyond Bama and Georgia, I thought while it's not realistic that they could win it, I thought the teams like Arkansas and Kentucky were actually coming on relative for their talent in the SEC. Is that not true? Well, I mean, again, eye of the beholder, relative for their talent. So they're going to finish maybe four, three or four in the SEC East. They're going to have four or five losses. They're going to take their lumps from, you know, the Alabamas, the A&Ms, Georgia, uh, they're coming along. If you put them in the ACC or Pac-12, maybe they're, you know, number two or number three in the league. But the SEC is just too talented for those teams to ever break through, uh, certainly now. I mean, Alabama, Georgia, and 
you could argue A&M has a shot. Uh, those three, two of those three are going to be in the SEC championship game. Most likely, Alabama and Georgia be undefeated. It'll be a quasi-semifinals national championship game again. Um, I hate for you know people who don't like that, but that's just the state of college football the way it is now. Alabama has the returning Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. They have probably the best player in college football in Will Anderson, the edge rushing linebacker, uh, and they're and they're loaded. Um, I don't see them losing. Period. Wow. Milk. Milk. I don't think you're giving enough credit to first of all my my dark horse in the SEC who you didn't even mention is Arkansas. I think they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in KJ Jefferson. Uh, very highly underrated. They will cause problems this year in the West. I guarantee you they upset somebody. Um, I think Tennessee, I, okay, let me, let me caveat this until Tennessee beats Florida, they get zero credit in my mind. They literally, I mean, they can't beat Florida when you can beat Florida, then you can go, but they have a great Hendon hookers had a great year last year. He was Came on real strong at the end. And I think Kentucky's a good team, man. I, I mean, I know it's it's crazy, but I, he's I, – I love that Levi's or whatever, that quarterback that he was the transfer from Penn State, I think. Um, they're, they're a solid team. They're going to win – they're going to win a lot of games this year. Probably maybe maybe 10 – maybe 10 – 10 wins for Kentucky. So I, I, I think those teams will, but watch out for Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be, they're going to surprise some people. So do you see Arkansas breaking into the top three in the West? No, I mean, again, I agree with, I agree with you. Ultimately you're right. It will be Alabama and Georgia. Which is what our listeners want. Do you you guys think that Clemson and the ACC Clemson gets back to the promised land anytime soon? No. Where are they right now? Second tier, five to ten. I thought that was in the ACC preview. I'm asking you, aren't you doing the ACC preview? Are we done with the SEC? That's it? What else do you want to do? No, (laughs) We're on a time limit. (laughs) Unfortunately. Let me just say this. It's just so obnoxious. It's like, I don't know. We have really nothing to talk about. It's just Alabama is so good, and it's over. Georgia? I mean. That's the whole thing. The reason I think Steve Bison is pulling a Tom Brady, we don't really know where he is, but he's so upset about college football that he's basically boycotting this. So, Pope, we're trying to bring listeners in. And here's my final question. Just wait a minute. Forget it. You know, I do know where Bison is. I forgot to tell you. This was in his contract that he gets this day off to get his head waxed. Wait, hold on. I thought it was was because he was – He's he 45, right? He's 45, man. It's right. tough. Man, a lot of shit goes on. He's got a lot of shit going, shit going, going on. He's got some waxing he needs to do. I, I, can, I actually heard <laughs> that he was embarrassed about his fantasy football team. And that's why he didn't come on. It is, it's amazing <laughs> when you think about it that Bison and Tom Brady are the same age. I, I mean, the accomplishments between that. the two is just amazing. I, I can't believe he's going to Keith Hernandez this broadcast. But let me ask this about, <laughs> <laughs> about Bama. If I recall right last year, Pope, there were at least two or three games that they either lost or almost lost. They lost to AM. I seem to recall a really way too close call in an LSU Auburn. game. Auburn. Um, and Auburn. Miracle win at Auburn. 
Yeah. And so what is this? Why, why is it like, we're not even questioning this year. They almost lost three or four games last year. Well, it's, it's, it's what I, you know, look, and I, I get uh, probably um, too much inside Alabama football talk among my friends, but it is a classic year that, you know, Nick didn't win the championship, got close, but it wasn't Nick, a Nick, team. Nick, for all you listeners, that's his pal, Nick. Yeah, that's yeah. Saban. <laughs> that's yeah. Saban. Go, go, go ahead. St. Saban, anyway. So yeah. got that got that close, but had a team that at the beginning of the year, they didn't think they were going to win the national championship. This year, they've got returning starters at you know the key positions, and they've got these transfers. This guy from Georgia Tech, uh, what, Jameer uh, Brooks? And then they've got this guy, uh, Jermaine Burton, who transferred from Georgia of all places, playing the national championship game against Alabama, who's going to be their number one receiver. So, yeah, I mean, I think Nick was a little bit worried about receiver and running back, but their defense is just it's sick. Um, and and defenses win championships. Well, good luck. No one's rooting for you. I, I wouldn't <laughs> expect them to. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Who wants to go next? <laughs> All right, well, we'll we'll go to the ACC since since we were just talking about that. Um, so the ACC is interesting. We're talking about Clemson. The gap has uh, completely uh, closed for for Clemson here. I don't think Clemson now they might get back this year, but I don't think they're the best team in the ACC. Um, I think one of the big storylines this year is what happens with Wake Forest. You guys forget. Do you know who played in the ACC championship game last year? Pitt, yeah, Pitt, Pitt, Pitt and Wake, Wake Forest and yeah. Pitt won. Now we know now that Pickett was a pretty yeah. solid quarterback. It was a good pickup um, in fantasy too. But I think Wake Forest is probably the best team in the ACC if they have their quarterback, Sam Hartman, who had a phenomenal year last year. But as y'all may or may not know, he has an undisclosed medical, non-football medical condition and monkeypox yeah monkeypox <laughs> he is not supposed to start the year this is a huge loss literally because it's i mean they're not going to do anything without him um now they have a pretty soft schedule at the beginning of the year they play clemson at the end of september which will be a, a big showdown they expect him to come back but you know if he's got some there's it's undisclosed no one i couldn't find any information on what what happened but it's enough, it's serious enough that he's not playing football at least the first couple couple of weeks. So that's going to be a big storyline. Another big storyline is Miami. I think Miami is coming of age now. They've got Mario Cristobal who came over from from Oregon. His roots are in Miami. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does there. They have an awesome quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. I think he's going to have a solid year. I think Miami will will challenge Clemson um, maybe for the, for the ACC uh, championship game uh, for, I mean, for the ACC title. You know, I do think Clemson comes back this year. Uh, they, I, I guess they're going to go. <laughs> I still have no idea how to pronounce this, the quarterback's name. It's like EJ Ugalele. Ugalele. Who, who was like Ugalele? the number two pick for the Heisman last year, if you remember. Right. Yes. He had a horrible year though. He had, he had Horrible. Horrible year, but a I couple think of them though did. He's he's starting. He's he'll. I think he's going to be the. I think he was named the starter. I think they they come come back. They have an 
awesome defense. To Pope's point, defense wins, wins championship. Miles Murphy, remember that name. That guy's a uh, first round, all all everything defensive end for Clemson. He's going to have a huge year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Pitt does. Obviously, they won the ACC championship last year, but Pickett's gone. They did get a USC transfer to come in. Um, Slovis uh, is his name. I think he played a little bit for USC, but you know this transfer portal has changed everything. I mean, you see it in all these conferences. These guys come in in and out. So Pitt lost a lot of guys. They lost their star wide receiver, um, who actually went with Lincoln Riley. to U- to USC, so they're going to have to replace a bu- bunch of players. But I think ultimately this is going to come down to Clemson versus Miami in the ACC championship game, and and it's probably the year that, that Clemson gets back. Um, one player keep a note on maybe could get into the Heisman uh, a race later in the year is NC State's quarterback Devin Leary massive year last year massive he's going to have a great year this year nc state's going to be really really good um i don't think it'll be enough to 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 take out clemson and miami but watch out for nc state milk and your acc analysis where do you put the mac brown tar heels this year i think they got the best wide receiver in the country and uh josh downs he had two touchdowns by the way on on uh, uh saturday um, I don't see them doing much this year. I, I think the 500 better ish. Yeah, maybe, you okay. know, I, I think they're going to have a down year. Um, just they had a down much, year last there's year too much. Yeah. There's too much talent. I mean, you've got NC state who looks pretty good. You've got Miami, you've got Clemson, you've got Pitt. You've got a lot of really good teams in the ACC. Um, and yeah, you know, Sam Howell's gone. Right. So it's, it, it won't be enough for them. In, interesting factoid. The uh, Carolina starting quarterback, Drake May, is the brother of anyone? Mark May. Son. Son of Mark. Luke May. Anybody remember oh, Luke, Luke May? May? Yeah. Luke May. Yeah. It's a big Luke shot May. against That's Kentucky Carolina championship. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. right. Interesting. Runs in the blood. So are you do- who's doing the Pac-12? Milk? I'm doing it. Milk is. Should we let House go first and then we'll come conferences. back to you? Want to let House well, go I, and we'll come back I, to you? Yeah. Rooster, actually, I think if anyone's going to compete at all with the SEC this year, it's going to be the Big Ten. I want to hear that preview. All like, right. All right. All right. I think there's just one team that can challenge them this year. Yeah. I want to yeah. hear about it. So before we get to that, that, and then the other big story coming out of the Big Ten, which is their commissioner's At some point soon. Wait, you just cut out your the commissioners did what? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Commissioner Kevin Warren is is uh, you know he's putting together this media package that's going to allow them to dominate college football financially for years to come. But before we get to that, while we were doing our draft on Saturday, they had the the Big Ten had their first game of the season in in conference in Ireland. And already, after one game, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. Has he been fired yet? He's going to be fired soon. He shouldn't have been allowed back in the States. Apparently, if they wait until October 1st, the the buyout goes way down. So he may be 
They may wait until October first. I think, and I think they play like Oklahoma that day before. So he's going to. His coaching game. decisions were so bad in that game that some Irish uh, sports reporter came up to him, who doesn't even follow, obviously American college football, and asked him if he was ready to resign. <laughs> <laughs> the they were up by eleven points in the third quarter, and he decides out of the blue to do an onside kick. That was ridiculous. They had, they had just scored a touchdown. They I had all the momentum. It. I remember looking at the TV saying, Nebraska's on a roll. And then somebody said, well, yeah, now they're now they're down because they gave up two quick scores, one of which was they lost the ball on an onside kick. They were up 28 to 17. This guy is 15 and 30 since he's taken over Nebraska as head coach. They fired Bo. What was his name? Bo Pelini or something? Oh, yeah. They fired that guy. He he had like a 67 and 30 record. Now they're sticking with this. Scott had Scott Frost had a three and nine record last year. It's, it's time for him to go. I don't think he's going to be around much longer. But <clears throat> to House's point, the number three ranked country, uh, team in the country right now is Ohio State. And they have got three legitimate Heisman candidates on their team. With C.J. Stroud at quarterback, Trevion Henderson running back, and I'm going to need some help on this one. Jackson Smith Najiba, Najiba, Najiba at the wide receiver. Each one of them is a legit Heisman candidate. Um, but having said that, are, are, are they going to beat Georgia or Alabama in, in a finals game? I don't think so. I mean, I think they're close, but they're not there yet. Does anybody think they can? I think if they don't have to play them both, uh, I think that there's a chance that they could just put it all together for one master plan game against whoever that is, Alabama or Georgia. I think they could pull it off in a final. I do agree that they're behind, but I I think they're Alabama's closest competition, more more so than Georgia. So their first game of the year is against Notre Dame, which is – Interesting. It should be a really fun game to watch if you like Big Ten football, which Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten, in my opinion, in by 2024 or 2025. So Notre Dame's ranked fifth in the country. Ohio State's ranked third, and the line is minus 17. And yeah. that's that just shows you how after Ohio State, there's such a drop off. No, um, it's, just it's just crazy. There's no confidence. And in Notre, Notre Dame. Dame and Notre Dame is always overranked. Right. But he's, they have a new coach, don't they? It's his first game. Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. He's a good guy. The kids love him. Um, yeah, you know, you probably remember that scene when he was announced as the coach and they were all going yeah. nuts. I think he's doing great at recruiting. He's already showing he's a great recruiter. <clears throat> but Ohio State's going to squash them. Um, Ohio State's in the Big Big Ten East Division. Big Ten, there's 14 teams in it right now. There'll be 16 a year from now or in 2024, I guess. Um, I, I, in the West Division, I have Wisconsin coming out on top there. Um, but they're not. Again, they're they're a fun team to watch. They're never gonna they're never gonna give a scare to the top three teams in the country. They're just not going to. Even Michigan and Penn State, they're both, you know, they're better than good, but they're not great. 
they're they're pretty good teams, but they're not great. So do y'all know when the last time that Michigan won at the shoe? Oh, Ohio State. Oh God, that's got to be a long, long time. I mean, yeah. When talking like when is it? Desmond Howard time. Two thousand. Yeah. In twenty-two years. Yeah. Does anybody think Harbaugh can actually go in and take it back to back? No. No shot. No. So what do you guys think happens? You know, let's let's think back to when when the SEC wasn't a powerhouse and CBS signed this big deal to do SEC television in 1996. Ten years later, the SEC is winning 12 out of the next 16 championships, right? So this guy, Kevin Warren, comes in as commissioner with a huge NFL background, comes in as commissioner of the Big Ten. And he has adopted the exact strategy that the NFL evolved into over the years of, of multiple media outlets. Instead of just sticking with ESPN or CBS, he's got multiple networks out there that he's cut this deal with. ESPN is out, and he's going to be able to get a $1.2 billion in revenues a year for the next seven years from Fox, CBS, and NBC. And turn around and give eighty to a hundred million a year to each team, which will then be sixteen teams in the Big Ten. Now you do that for seven years, and pretty soon you're getting better recruits. You're paying more money to these kids coming in. Who the hell knows what the rules are going to be then? I mean, you know, they may be they may be getting their own jets by the time that deal is halfway done. I oh. think that, I think we're looking at the beginning of a of a turnaround. <clears throat> But, well, you, you you nailed it at the end there, Rooster. About it's going to take time. It took the SEC SEC well, ten years. Yeah, but I think everything comes down to the rules about what the kids can get. I would agree. You know, the difference between the two things that you talked about with CBS and the SEC, and now with the Big Ten, is then the kids couldn't get money. Now the kids can get money. So Big Ten can bring in all they want. If Bama or Georgia or Ole Miss or whatever gets a sponsor for NIL money, it's just as equivalent. If you add it all up, it's just as equivalent to $1.2 billion. They can get in hundreds of millions of dollars of NIL deals, and eventually they may if they don't curb it. They're going to live off the freaking interest on some <clears throat> of the investments of this $1.2 billion a year for years to come. I mean, if they manage this thing right, they're going to be a perpetual powerhouse. I just, I just it, don't think money is going to buy the talent necessary to – rocket the big 10 past the sec anytime soon well it's gonna be money plus the allure of usc versus penn state you know ucla versus ohio state that that attracts a lot of people i know i know you guys in the in florida and texas don't care about that but there are people i mean and don't forget too they also have three the three probably the three biggest markets in the country now They've got New York with Rutgers, and they'll get more teams near there. They've got Chicago. They've always had Chicago. I mean, you used to think Big Ten, you thought Midwest. Now now it spans from New York to L.A. starting in 2024 with USC and UCLA. I mean, they're going to have, you know, they're going to be on major primetime network TV across the country soon. Well, Um, remember, SEC, this all started with the SEC. They took. Texas and Oklahoma. So, I mean, you've yeah. got 
the SEC is not just sitting there letting the Big Ten walk. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be surprised ultimately when the SEC is done that they don't potentially uh, take over potentially North Carolina, Clemson, and a couple other schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, no, I'm not that. saying that they're, they're – I'm, I'm saying this is a total reaction to what you just said, and, and they, they had to do it to survive. Right. I mean, I think you could argue that potentially the success of the SEC has – caused this realignment of college football and but but ultimately they're going to have to change the format of the college football playoffs otherwise all of this is just noise yeah. you're going to have to have a, at least a, a eight probably a 12 team playoff to make make any sense for these teams to be jumping to these power conferences look the, the best thing that the big 10 has done in the last 20 years is get USC and UCLA to join because those schools put Ohio state to the side. Ohio state always has great recruiting classes. I think they're, they're number two right now, but if you look at the top 10 recruiting classes in the country right now for next year, for 2023, one big 10 school, Ohio state, Mm -hmm. you have five sec schools. And if you throw Oklahoma and Texas who are in the top 10, you have seven. Okay, USC is down is is top top thirteen something like that, but that's the difference. That's the gap right now. And until we, until the play the top players start choosing Penn State, Michigan, all these teams over Bama, Texas, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, these are all top ten recruiting classes right now. You can never. So, you know, eventually they're going to say, "Hey, do I want to play?" outdoor football with the smell of autumn in the air or do i want to go to some fucking swamp and sweat my ass off and no they don't they don't want to go up there that's a problem that is a problem they don't want to go play in the cold Uh, mama's not going to go visit them up there in that colder area yeah mama wants to come over and see them in florida or tennessee or georgia House, talk to us about where you can still see some real, honest to goodness, college football. Yeah, I mean, before the end, I'm going to let Mill close up in a second with ACC and and uh, Big Twelve, well, Pac Twelve. I mean, sorry, Pac Twelve, Pac Twelve, and, Big and the 12. Big Twelve. But before before the NCAA gets rid of these teams, well, let's have a little nostalgia moment before we never hear of these teams ever again. This is going to be one of the last few years we can talk about them. But you guys. Remember that last year there was a 13 and 0 essentially mid-major team that made it to the college football playoff. A very good team, a team that might be having, you know, a few starters in the NFL in Cincinnati with with Desmond Ritter and Sauce, Sauce. Gardner and Kobe Bryant. I mean, that was a very very talented team. I think when we look back we'll appreciate that 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 was a team that could match up with the big ones. Cincy will be the best of the mid-majors this year, but they'll be nothing like they were last year. They will not be a 13-0 team or a 13-1 team. Either will the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who went 13-1 last year. Either will the uh, Houston Cougars, who went 12-2 last year. Those teams finished respectively at 4-16-17. and 17. Um, But, uh, you know, talking about Arkansas, if Arkansas puts – beating on Cincy in week one, I'll be very, very impressed. That is a, actually a good week one ma- matchup. I mean, Cincy 
yes, they've lost a lot of people, but they still have a lot of talent and a very good uh, coach in Luke Fickle. Um, Houston still has talent, tough schedule, um, including a game at Texas Tech, which, yes, they're not very good, but that's still maybe out of class for Houston. The others to keep an eye on this year that are outside the Power Five are BYU, who uh very talented team, but brutal schedule that includes Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Stanford, Boise State, and Liberty. But they're a talented team. And if they, if they get through some of those, they'll get a lot of recognition. You have a very, very good Fresno State team with a quarterback you will see one day play in the NFL named Jake Hayner, 4,100 yards, 33 touchdowns last year. They play USC in week three. If Fresno State pulls off that upstate, upset you're gonna that's gonna be the darling mid-major team similar um san diego state has a tough schedule against arizona utah and utah state excuse me arizona utah has a very good team and finally i was talking with pope about this when we were down together in nashville i feel like every year at least every other year appalachian state gives nightmares for teams and this year appalachian state is a very good mid-major team that is playing both UNC and Texas A&M, if they beat either one of those, well, not really UNC, but if they somehow give A&M a scare, they could ruin their whole season. I I just don't see any of these teams making a lot of noise come playoff time. It's not the way it was last year. But if I had to say somebody other than Cincy, uh, I would say that the darling for me that could could make some noise and, and provide some upset interest is Fresno State because they're quarterback. So, House, just so we can help Bison get to sleep tonight, why don't you wrap us up, take us home with the other uh, Power Five conferences whose teams don't stand a chance of winning a national championship? Well, yeah, Milk's going to talk about the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Oh, did I say House? I'm sorry. I meant Milk. Hey, but but before you go there, House, I do have a question for you. Do you think that Cincinnati's – I know you said you thought they matched up against Alabama. I don't. I don't think they did. I think it was a fairly – one-sided, even low score for Alabama is only 27 to six. But do you think that if you had another undefeated Cincy type team, non-Power 5 conference, that the selection committee would be maybe hesitant to, again, match up one of those teams against one of the big boys based on what happened last year? Pope, I think your logic is perfect, but they don't ever seem to use that logic because after – Notre Dame gets pummeled every year. They put Notre Dame up there if they're good enough. Yeah, but it's Notre Dame. Come on. That's it's not Cincy. But I think it's not Houston. Still, it's not Fresno State or whoever. I, I, I agree. I think there's some sympathy to the underdog still that uh NCAA doesn't want the label that they only pay attention to the power five big money that at least it's like to give a team a chance. I think if Fresno State had a 13-0 season and beat whatever, San Diego State, USC, I, I don't know who else is major on their schedule, but if, if they ran the table and had a Power 5 win, I think they could get the invite. The key is you got to have a Power 5 win. You know, like you, there was a darling last year with Coastal Carolina. You guys remember that? The best they oh, could yeah. play was yeah. The best they could play was Liberty. You know, like you got to have a Power Five win to even have a sniff at the that playoff. Agreed. Agreed. You know, Cincinnati denied Notre Dame a slot last year. I just think that if the Notre Dame had one loss, but I think next this year, Notre Dame one loss gets the nod over undefeated non-Power Five. 
We'll see. I don't, I don't, I, well, I don't think we will see because I don't think it's going to happen, but you may be right if, if somehow that, that happens. Go ahead, Mel. We should always put Notre Dame in there. By the way, just real quick, I didn't talk about Boston College during my ACC preview. I feel bad about that. I got that coming up soon. I got that coming up. Good, good. I'd like to whole recap them. All right, let's go to the Pac-12 because this will be the last time we ever talk about the Pac-12 and its current <laughs> USC and UCLA are leaving. Big story is obviously how will Lincoln Riley uh, impact the Pac-12 this year? He comes to USC, brings a lot of talent with him. USC was horrible last year. I think they won three games. Um he brings Caleb Williams with him, the OU QBOU transfer. They got uh, the pit wide receiver, um, Jordan Addison, who was had a monster season last year for Pitt with, with Pickens at, at quarterback. They get the Oregon running back, all these guys through the transfer portal. Uh, Travis Dye, he had a monster year last year. So their, it, their offense has improved dramatically. Um, the problem though is defense, you know, they, they have to replace, I think eight starters. So they had a horrible defense already, and now they got to replace eight starters on defense. So he's got an uphill battle. I still think it's not going to, they're going to be wildly improved with Lincoln Riley. He's a very good coach, but this is still Utah and probably Oregon's conference, at least for now. Um, I think Utah is probably the team to watch out for. I, I think they have the advantage to win the Pac-12. Obviously, they had a wonderful, like a magical year last year for Utah. They go to the Rose Bowl. Cam Rising, awesome quarterback coming back. Tavion Thomas, they have a great running back. He's coming back. Keep an eye out for the game this Saturday, though. In Gainesville, Utah. Not I'm not I'm not being a homer here. Just saying, it's going to be a rough environment for Utah to come across country. They are a terrible team away from Salt Lake City. I think they were three, maybe three and nine over the last twelve games. It's going to be a rough environment. So I I wouldn't be surprised. I think Utah. Come on, go on a limb, pick it. I think yeah, pick Utah's, it, pick it. I, Do I it. Think, I think Utah is going to win because oh, Utah is going to be our, eating we're not gator meat. We're not going to eat gator meat. They have a they have an unbelievable rushing attack, and we can't stop the run. So I think that's going to be enough. But I wouldn't be surprised if things close in the fourth quarter. Um, Oregon is the other team to watch in the Pac-12. They've got a new coach. The Georgia defensive coordinator came over. But does anybody know who their quarterback is? If you were oh, yeah. talking to any Auburn Bo alumni this Nicks. weekend, Bo Nix, baby, Bo fucking Nix, and as we know. Auburn alumni hate Bo Nix. They think he sucks. So does Alabama. We just hate Auburn. Um, Crystal Ball leaves. I still think Oregon's a good team, um, and and they will they will challenge for the Pac-12 this year. Um, but they they it'll be it'll be interesting. With I, I just don't trust trust Bo Nix at all to win a win a conference championship. Maybe he could have more success in Oregon. I, I kind of doubt it. Uh, the only other team to really talk about is UCLA. They got an awesome quarterback in uh, this Thompson Robinson. He threw like 30 touchdowns last year, but they've got a really mediocre defense as well. Pac-12 is top heavy. 
the rest of, uh, you know, Washington, Washington state, all these teams, they're not going to compete at all. Um, I think it's going to be probably Utah that comes out of the PAC 12 uh, and wins that conference. You look for big things with USC though. I, I think give them two more years and they're going to be top 10, top five team again. Come um, on, Milk. Let's get now to my big new adopted team. Come on. Uh, you, Let's you, go Big 12. You, you want to go on. to the Big 12? Okay. Yeah, this baby. Be, this will also Hook be the em. last year we talk about the Big 12. Hook them. All right. Obviously, the big story there. Everyone's leaving. OU and Texas out, going to the SEC. What is it, 2025? Is that probably four? Yeah. Could be, could be four. Uh, Lincoln Riley leaves. Venables comes in at, at OU. Um, OU, I think, is the probably the the uh, uh, number one team coming out of the Big Twelve this year. They do have a new quarterback. If you do, if you're not from Florida and you don't watch UCF a lot, you won't know this name. But Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback at at OU and he is a solid player. I've watched him a lot at UCF. Keep an eye out for him. I think he's going to have a have a big year. The 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 question and it's the question every year though is is Texas back? And I mean, guys, they got oh. I, they've got a great Quinn Ewers at quarterback, uh Bijan Robinson at running back. They've got some some great players. It's just the same thing every year. Will Texas be able to actually live up to the hype and live up to the, to the standards? And we're going to know real quick, right? Isn't B. John Robinson hurt now? Is he hurt? He's okay. I thought I saw some, okay. something the other day where he had something happen. Look, all right. Gonna, right. We're going to, we're going to, look, Texas, Alabama, we're going to know right now, real quick, whether or not Texas is going to compete for anything this year. Um, it's it's so early to ask them to compete in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's only their second game. Well, I, it's only their second game. I think they ultimately lose, but we'll be able to see if they've turned some sort of corner. Maybe they keep it close. I don't know. Um, don't lose sleep on Baylor. Baylor won the the uh, don't, uh, the pack the Big Twelve championship game last year. They've got the same. Uh, quarterback Blake Shaping coming back. Uh, they lost a ton of people though, secondary receivers. So it, I, I will see. I do though think that they'll have a. Uh, I do think it's going to be OU Baylor probably in the in the Big Twelve championship game. I don't have Texas there, and ultimately I think Oklahoma is going to win the Big Twelve uh, for the whatever time in the last ten years. The team to watch out for, Kansas State. Keep an eye on Kansas. Ew. Yes, Ooh. Kansas State. Interesting. Unbelievable running back. And do you remember that? Do you, does anyone remember Adrian Martinez for Nebraska? The guy's no. literally feel. I think he's been in the college football for ten years. He's one of those guys. Yes. He's their quarterback. He transferred to Kansas State. He wasn't that bad. Maybe he was just terrible under under Frost. Uh, they got a really good running back, Deuce Vaughn. Remember that name. I think Kansas State will upset somebody. Maybe, maybe OU. We'll see. Uh, Texas, Texas, something, somebody like that. They're gonna have a, they're gonna have a good year. So, but ultimately, I think Oklahoma is your top team in the Big Twelve. 
All right. All right. Good report. So, Good report. Milk. Let me ask you a question. The other guys, the other guys can't answer it. So we're gonna we're gonna reach into your college football knowledge database, and it's before your time. I won't know it then. Okay. <laughs> How many players in college football history have won two Heisman trophies? Uh, how many players in college football history? Like one, one. Yes, and and what is that player's name? Let's introduce our listeners now to the term. The most famous college running back. He played for Ohio State, right? Yes. 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 I forgot his name, but I know who you're who you're talking about. Okay, so once again this year. The the ghost of Archie Griffin yes, will Archie. reappear this year, and uh-huh. once again, we ask the question: Can someone repeat? Right now, if you go to Vegas and you go to the betting window, it's Bryce Young. Uh, spectacular year, but I didn't love Bryce Young. But before thing- you go there, House, do you remember who we all picked last year as our top? Heisman candidates. Was it was it DJ Ugalele? And no, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> so the bar yeah, is low. I had go Bryce ahead. Young on my the book bar out is for low. You go ahead. I had Matt Corral. Well, two. it's it's a great point. Uh, it's a great point. And Bryce Young really wasn't in a conversation at all until he did what he did against Arkansas, Auburn, and Georgia. And then that changed everything. So I think the name of the game in the Heisman race is how you show in the big games. It, it will ruin you or it will vault you. Um, for Bryce Young, it's something very interesting about the Heisman race this year is whether or not the top candidates for the Heisman get swallowed up by votes for people on their own team. So while it almost never goes ever to a defensive player, Pope is right. I mean, this is a generational talent in Will Anderson. The guy had 31 and a half tackles for a loss last year. That's like ridiculous. He had 15 and a half sacks. So, I mean, if there's a guy that could get a New York invite for the Heisman on the defensive side, it will be Will Anderson. Will he be doing it to the detriment of Bryce Young? Good question. Similarly, at OSU, uh, Rooster nailed it. You have three guys that could get an invite to New York. C.J. Stroud, who was a finalist last year and is probably Bryce Young's, if you were at the betting window, the competition would be Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. Travion Henderson, who is a true freshman, had 19 touchdowns. And we all talk about these stud receivers that entered the NFL from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olav. He was, they, they weren't even the best receivers on Ohio State last year. It was Jackson Smith, Najiba that, that Rooster was talking about. So they would eat votes from one another. So the question is, does it open up a lane for Caleb Williams? Because we know what Lincoln Riley does with Heisman candidate quarterbacks, right? I mean, he only produced about two or three of them in a row. Um, and what happens with Bijan Robinson? So again, in that Texas-Alabama game, even if Texas loses – if Bijan Robinson goes off somehow against this great defense for 200 yards and two touchdowns, like he's going to start getting a lot of Heisman hype. Um, in honor of Chris Nace, 
Boston College has a player who will get a little bit of Heisman hype this year. Doug Flutie Jr. Doug Flutie Jr.'s name is Phil Jerkovic. He's a transfer from Notre Dame who okay. before wrist injury threw for 2,600 yards and 17 touchdowns. He is going to return Boston College to Chris Nace relevance and maybe yes. even get some Heisman hype. Oh, man. You guys might have heard of some running backs, Monty Ball, Corey Clement, Melvin Gordon, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Wisconsin produces Heisman co- candidate running backs. Braylon Allen is a monster. He is in that same class at Wisconsin. Um, Milk's right. Tyler Van Dyke will get some hype. If he shows up big or gets an upset, that Miami quarterback will get some hype. And you guys wouldn't get it with 50 guesses as to who was the yards per attempt and passer rating leader in college football last year. You'd never get it. It is a quarterback named Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. That was your passing leader last year. And if Grayson McCall does the same thing this year, there might be some few votes. But in the end, it's going to come down to, I think, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, uh, Caleb Williams, B. John Robinson, with maybe a push from Will Anderson uh, if they want to give a nod to a defensive invite to New York. That's your Heisman for this year. We'll get it just as right as we did last year. House, how many how many defensive Heismans have there been? I would say there's been at least. I know that there's been uh, two. I want to say. I don't. I'm going to go with any. No, no, no. What's his face from um, um, uh, what um. No, there there has been a uh, what's his face? What's in um Rod, Rod Woodson? No. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson is the only one. Charles yeah. Woodson. Which I, I agree that that was an asterisk because he had special teams and a lot of a lot of his dazzling plays were those ret- returns. But Charles Woodson is the one. And and I, I bring that up because there was a good discussion on uh game day this weekend about is this the year you know, like Herb Street and and they were talking about this. Will Anderson is the probably the best player in college football. And is this the year that the best player in college football who's a defensive player actually gets acknowledgement for the Heisman? And there's still a lot of question about the Heisman voters are attracted to offensive players and, and the luster of that. So it'll be interesting to see. And you're right. Will Anderson might not get it because Bryce Young might take votes from him. But I kind of think for Alabama that one of them will shine more than the other. And it'll, you know, the media can do a push, too. They're like, Bryce won it last year. We're all in on Will this year. Wasn't, um, well, I think, I feel like Chase Young was a runner up. I, I think, yeah, he I went think... to Chase Young, I think, went to New York for the ceremony. Yeah, I think he might have been runner up. But but you're right. It, I mean, Will Anderson's the best shot in a while if he's healthy and they play great. I think Alan Page got a look back in the day too when he was at Notre Dame, and and sure enough, went on to become an NFL MVP at defensive tackle. <clears throat> yeah, it's just so hard for a defensive guy to win it. Well, All yeah, right. we've been we've talked about some of the best games. I'll I'll brush over those real quick, and there's a couple others we missed, but. 
you know, finally college football is back and every weekend we got big games to look forward to. Um, one game we'd not talk about was Oregon at Georgia, which is Labor Day weekend. And weekend, you know, right? Milk, yeah, Milk kind of previewed that a little bit, talking about how Dan Lanning, the former DC at Georgia, is going to come back and they're they're playing in Atlanta. Uh, and you know, everybody loves to hate Bo Nix. So we will we will see if Georgia is going to be the the team that we expect them to be. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Oregon could definitely. Oregon can give them some problems. We'll see. No. Uh, and then USC at Utah is also going to be potentially a huge game. If Utah is is who we think they are and they and they run the table at that point, that's mid-October, they could be uh, undefeated. Um, and USC, we'll see where they are beginning of the season. Um, you know, the, the game of the year probably is A&M at Alabama right now, if you look at it, because that they both could be undefeated and they'll, tell you who uh, which direction the sec west is going to go um and then bama at ut uh two of us will be there hopefully uh against each other but um seeing sarkeesian finally get the opportunity to go up against uh saban will be very interesting and quentin ewers as a milk previewed so michigan ohio state always a classic game could can michigan like go to the shoe and win probably not but that's kind of a preview of your big games and and you know like you guys said 17 and a half points for the one of the best games of the year notre dame at ohio state uh <laughs> let's find out what ohio state has and if notre dame is who we think they are as well so just before we move on from college football one thing that we're toying around doing this year on the pod is a new segment called rivals uh, we would love if our fans are listeners and your hardcore supporter for your team, we would love to have for some of these big games that Pope just talked about to bring on two folks. Now you got to know about your team. Like I got all these folks who say they want to be on the pod and they love their college football team. You can't be a pretender. So if we're going to have you on for, you know, whatever game it is, A&M versus Alabama, like we need you to be hardcore knowledge on AM and you're going to go up against for a few minute segment up against somebody from Alabama and just have at it. So feel free to reach out to us anywhere on uh, our Facebook or wherever uh, um, on social media. Let us know if you want to be in, on rivals. All right. What do you think guys? You want to move on from golf since it's already an hour in or, or should we hit, hit, oh, we hit, can't hit a little away golf. from golf. I think we could PGA move away sucks. from golf forever. PGA blows. That's the story. Ugh. Milk, you have anything else you need to add to that? Well, I just like to give a shout out to fucking Scotty Scheffler for ruining my Sunday. <laughs> letting Rory come back and win the tour championship. That was the biggest choke job I've ever seen in my life, by the way. And it's all this shit. He's getting all this credit for apologizing. What is he apologizing for, by the way? He won. Stop apologizing to Scotty Shuffler, hugging his dad, whatever the hell he was doing. You won the damn tour championship because you played better than him. It's just like, I don't know. I, I can't stand that guy. He cost uh, his family $12 million. That's what he's apologizing he, for. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, play better golf and don't choke. And let, especially let Rory come back and win. God, I can't stand him. How do you feel about Rory Milk? I'm a little bit confused here. I don't like him at all. 
So milk, I guess, I guess you can say now the PGA is not money, uh, not about money at all. Cause they never the, talk about money. Right. The, the, I'm glad you brought that up house because the funniest thing about yesterday was how often that broadcast talked about money. <laughs> they literally talked about money every five minutes, concluding with a nice little graph that they put together of how much money Rory had won this year. 20, look how it was like $28 million now. Guys, isn't it amazing? It, it was hysterical and it was completely planned and completely plugged. I can't stand that commissioner, whatever his name is. Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. He's probably in their ears saying, talk about money, 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 after he stole Liv's game plan, by the way. And suddenly, and by the way, if I'm a PGA golfer, I'm sitting there going, hmm, where did all this money come from, by the way? It's yeah, funny how you guys before? just found all this money. Why weren't we getting it uh, this last decade? Suddenly you've come up with all this because you knew that Liv had basically was knocking your ass out. Uh, in a in a boxing match. Um, Speaking of knockouts, didn't they get some new players today? Nope. We've got some new players coming in. Obviously, Cam, that's official now. Uh, uh, Neiman went, right? Neiman, Mito Pereira. Uh, let's not Leishman, forget. Yeah. Carol yeah. Cameron Tringale. Come on. <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> Triangle. Oh, he gives a huh? shit about him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Boston. You know, look, well, I yeah, what's going to happen in Boston? Is it going to be televised? I can't wait. What channel should I watch that on? <laughs> Rory YouTube, did maybe. acknowledge Rory did acknowledge that it he, he basically said it. This has been tough. It's sad for where the game is going and where whatever side you land on between this. I think this week brought it pretty into crystal clear form. I mean, it is there's a civil war in golf and I don't know how it's going to get resolved unless they merge. Well, yeah. You know who the biggest loser was this week for golf? Scotty Shuffler? Trevor Immelman in the President's Cup. He lost he lost Cam Smith. He lost his big big guns. I mean, now he's got a shitty team going into Quail Hollow. Uh, and what I heard is part of the deal with these guys for Liv was they got extra money to not play in the President's Cup. Wow. How about that for a fuck you to the tour? Ooh. Wow. Ouch. Bad. It's bad. Uh-oh. It's bad, and I, I'd like to, and we'll do it later, but I'd like to punch the shit out of the PGA Tour because they are certainly not clean hands in here. At Thank all. you. That's all I want to hear is that. Pope, that's a big hey, step emotionally. That is a big step for you. Come on, man. And with the local DBC News, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight. Don't call it a comeback. I wish Bison Speaking, of, that, speaking of that, does anybody else have a punchable? I'll be face wearing a high flyers about? hat next week. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you have a punchable face, Rooster. I have one, but the, if anyone else has one, you feel free to go first. All right. No, no, no. All right. So, you know, there there's this team down in Tampa that it is supported by a bunch of tough dudes you know they're macho guys and they even will go so far as during gasparilla to paint paint fake scars on their face they, where are we going they, they 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 like that tough dude look that's right 
I'm just wondering, Milk, how how is the fan base reacting to these rumors floating around that Tommy took 11 days off to have a little face work done, a little cosmetic work done? No. Yeah, get rid of some of the frown lines. And I mean, apparently he was the masked singer. Apparently, he came back from his 11 days and and his eyebrows still didn't move. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of that, Milk? Milk, what do you think of that? I've, I've oh, some no. Tommy. Talk about this. <laughs> I thought he was wow. just 45 and had a lot of shit going on. He had a lot of shit going on. Apparently, it was all in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I did not know this. Well, it has oh, not no, been confirmed today. The SMQB's uh, research department hasn't quite confirmed this yet, but it is a strong rumor floating around. <laughs> We're like the TMZ. <laughs> If that's true, Tommy, you get punched, bro. Oh, true. Man. He's re- he, he's punched in the Botox. <laughs> he won't feel it, but he'll get punched. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, maybe maybe he knew what was coming with without having an offensive line, although I would have waited till the season was over. Right, right, he's gonna, right. He's gonna, he might need some teeth too. <laughs> he might need some real work after this year. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh boy. oh boy! Who's got a Ted Lasso? I'd like to any... punch my fantasy football team. Oh, me too. I haven't found any good people in sports in the last few weeks. No. The only mm. the only thing good about fantasy football this year for me is I'm playing you, Milk, on the first game. Oh, do we go head to head week one? Yes. Well, I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. Jesus, Rooster, have you like dissected your schedule? He's already too? knows no, the no, schedule. No, no, I just, just looked to see who I was playing week one since my team is so bad. You oh. probably got the waiver wire. You were all ready to roll. It's it's all up to Elijah Mitchell. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> That's all right, because I'm still looking for Jarek McKinnon's sticker. Fuckers. <laughs> so, really, nobody has a lasso? No lasso for me. No lasso? No lasso? All right, well, we'll let's just we'll wrap it up next then. Week. Let's we'll... wrap it up with a poor one out for Len Dawson. Len the cool Dawson. Um, this guy played in two Super Bowls. He played in the very first Super Bowl after the merger. Milk, it's a little football history lesson for you. He was drafted in like 57, played five years in the NFL, and then played 10 years in the AFL before the merger. So the guy had 15 years under his belt before Super Bowl one in 1966. Um, no, anyway, so he loses that game to the Packers and that was the famous halftime sitting there smoking a cigarette picture. My mm. favorite picture of all yeah. drinking a awesome. beer. Amazing. Awesome. His, he was coached by his college football coach, Hank Stram. And they had a, you know, before their time kind of moving pocket, California, West Coast style offense, where it was all short precision passing. And he was on the move. I mean, it was pretty, you know, the the NFL wasn't used to that kind of offense at all. Uh, So they get back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl four. And and Len Dawson's uh, MVP, Kansas City beats the heavily favored Vikings for the first of many losses for the Vikings in the Super Bowl, 23-7. Um, and he retired in 1976. And that's when 
probably three out of the four of us really remember him from from HBO's Inside the NFL. Because when I was, you know, when we were teenagers and into our early twenties, that was the show to watch. You know, you get the, you get like a one to two week recap with this awesome NFL uh, films music in the background, right? For oh, all these the great highlights. Oh man, it was great. And he and Nick Bonacani were the co-hosts together. It was it was really a fun show to watch, and they they did a great job. Um, he also did some NBC. Uh, analyst uh, work <laughs> for games. He got into the Hall of Fame in 1987. And the cool thing is that um, for the 30th anniversary of HBO's Inside the NFL, they brought him back with Nick Bonacani and they co-hosted the show, which had been at that point taken over by Bob Costas. Um, so that show really had some talent. And those two were the first. Um, but anyway, unfortunately, Len Dawson died uh, on the 24th at age 87. So one, let's pour, pour one, one out. out for Len. He was he was a legend. Pour one out. We're losing all of those guys. Yeah, it's just a trickle, you know. Yep. Listen, yep. you guys need to hit the books this week. When we return next week, our fans want to hear our, our preview on the NFL. Now that we've cracked Ooh. the code on the college football. So wow. start, start studying milk. Next week is the NFL preview. All right. Are we doing that ridiculous uh, Plaxico? Oh, uh, lock of the week. we are. Of course. Yeah, we are, Rooster. <laughs> Don't be scared. The locks of the week. Don't be uh, scared. Uh, you need to go reverse Stay this tuned I know. for I week one to... predictions. <laughs> SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.